What's the Mario Vane story? Well, how long you got? If it makes you laugh, it's always good. I think a lot of people are in a hurry when with music. That they, they, they think it's got to, got to do it now, got to do it, got to do it now, got to do it now. But if, if you're not happy, you're not going to produce good stuff. No, it was the worst concert in the history of concerts. It was the pits. Welcome to Songwriter Trysts. This is an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee. Music saved my life and I love talking with other artists about the power of songwriting and their journey to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. Please support the podcast by subscribing or you can buy us a coffee all through the website songwritertrists.com. Yeah, now you have to like keep all your secrets <laughs> hidden. All that stuff we were talking about before, not on not on camera while we're recording. <laughs> all right. no, that's all right. I'm in, I'm in therapy myself. You know, <laughs> cold water. Good. Uh, mm. Mario Vane, how you doing? Excellent, excellent, right? Good. Why don't you tell us a little a little bit about who you are and where you come from? I come from this uh, little suburb. Uh, West, the east, actually, <laughs> east out of Fremantle, West Australia. Yeah. Um, called Coolbelup. Okay. It's a tiny little place, and um, grew up with a very musical Italian family. Father was an opera singer. Mum was a classical pianist. Wow. And uh, they they had always had ideas, you know, from when we were little. So we got thrust into music, man. Like, yeah, even though I we bet. didn't want to be thrust into music. And I was a really shy kid, so it was not good. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so that's where I started, and um, and got my uh, very first guitar and stuff. So, mm. so is your genre because you're quite like rock and heavy? I mean, compared to classical and yeah. opera, is this your form of rebelling against the parents, or like, <laughs> how, how did, how did well, you get a, to where you are now from classical and bit opera? Of a, well, it's a bit of a metamorphosis, Mario morphosis. It started off, funny enough, my parents listened to a lot of country music. Okay. And a lot of Spanish and Mexican (laughs) music. They used to have these weird Mexican albums. And they used to have, you know, Mexican sort of music and Spanish music's like really got a really good melody. Yeah. You know? Um, Good dancing music. Yeah, but the the melodies though, you know, and I used to always listen to the melodies because I had really no choice, you know. And, um, but... Where it all started was I, I used to get um, I was my auntie used to babysit me as as a seven year old, and she had like tons of um, early seventies records, like the Sweet, Status Quo, and and uh, ACDC Kiss, uh, the yeah. Babies, yeah, that sort of stuff, you know, Sherbet. I remember so that she, Sherbet. She, yeah. was... she was right into Sherbet. Yeah. So she was influencing you. She maybe she was rebelling she was. against your parents. I used to love going over there because she she was a bit like the Italian version of Rapunzel. She had really long black hair. She washed yeah. her hair once a week outside with eggs, which was really strange, oh. right? She'd get these eggs, and I always timed it. It was always about you know, twenty five minutes the whole process, you know. So she wow. went outside, and she's just 
Well, it made a hair shiny. I don't know what it did. Really? But it I want to try just, this. Yeah, thing. I know. It's an old thing. It's an old yeah. thing. You know, it's eggs. But her hair, so hair was really weird. shiny anyway. Okay. And I used to have that opportunity, take that opportunity to go inside and, and raid her records, you know. Yep. Oh, and during the 25 minutes of hair washing. Oh, I only had 25 minutes because she saw me with her record. She'd kill me. Serious. Oh, that's hilarious. Does she know so now I'd that you like, did it though? Yeah, she laughs now. I mean, she's the cool auntie, you know, the one that always, you know, even though you didn't want it, always try to give you your first drag or your first cigarette. Oh, right. Yep. Okay. She's very cool auntie. She's that one. She's so, the <laughs> Yeah. She, she, I got away with everything with her. So that's probably why I like going over there. Yeah. And that's what inspired me. Yeah. It was all that sort of stuff. So um, it was mostly 70s country rock as well. And yeah. I've always said it, like, behind every good country song is, is a pretty awesome rock song. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And and it is funny because country really is so many genres these days. It's like everyone's a country artist, really. Um, someone, else, someone else on the mm. podcast put it as a, if you're from the country and you make music, you're a country artist. Like, that's... That's as basic and as simple as it gets, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, even to the stage where even John Bon Jovi, you know, with that uh, blaze of glory, I mean, right. milk it down. I mean, water it down, man. That's a country tune, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, they're all country tunes. The Eagles and all that sort of stuff, they, they put a bit of rock in it. But, yeah, I think the heart of music is blues, country, and that is the, the heart of what rock and roll <laughs> really stemmed from, I really. Agree. It's all it's yeah. all intertwined now. We're all cross hibernating with everything, so it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you like? Were you ever going to do anything else, or was music just always like the only thing because it was in the family, or like when did uh, you really decide as when you're becoming an adult teenager that this was going to be you? Um, it was a turning point. I see, I was very shy. And I didn't really like singing. Mm-hmm. It took me eight weeks to open my mouth. My singing teacher was quite scary. She was an opera singer and she was um, she was really scary. Yeah. It was always law. Don't say la, it's law. Yeah. You know, one of those really full on. Yeah. And uh, But once I started singing, you know, I was really shy. I didn't really tell anybody at school I was a singer. I really didn't tell anybody at school I was a guitar player either. Yeah. It was just something that my parents said, yeah, if you don't practice, you know, you're going to cop it. So... <sighs> Um, You're beaten into kid. music then. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, with a little <laughs> stick. With a stick, mate. And those sticks, she used to get them from outside of the tree. You know, she's Sicilian mother. My mum's Sicilian. You know, she's just, you know, she had this stick tree. And seriously, these sticks, hey. If it wasn't the – she had this knack, if I didn't practice that, she had this knack about, like, throwing her slippers. They used to go – it was like a boomerang, man. It like used to go around corners. And if you pissed her off in the morning – it'd be all right Jeez. because it was a soft slipper. But if you pissed her off in the afternoon, there were clogs and you'd cop one of those. So it was always Jeez. good to practice. So I practiced yeah. and it wasn't until she opened her mouth in grade six, I think it was, grade six or grade seven, grade six, um, where she told my teacher that I played guitar. Yeah. Because she, she, I told her if you tell anybody I was a singer, well, you know, I would quit. Um, yeah. And then uh, she goes, oh, that's great. Um, we're doing a Christmas pageant thing, we're doing a Christmas thing and, you know, in front of the whole assembly at school and it would be great for him to play and accompany the choir, you know, singing Christmas carols. And so, of course, she asked me and I said, no, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So she bribed me. She says, if you do it, I'll buy you your first electric guitar. 
Ooh, okay. So that was like a tough situation. So she but beat and bribed school? you into this. Okay. Oh, that was unbelievable. <laughs> she was a good cook though. She was, oh my she was goodness. amazing. Oh my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> so here I am trying to, I says, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So what does an 11-year-old, 10-year-old do? You know, went straight down to the Oval, playing football with my friends. And so the whole thing started and that first chord, it was that first chord I played yeah. that I'd suddenly realised, uh-oh, that the whole guitar forgot to tune my guitar. Oh, no. Yeah, everyone's right? been there. Yeah. Oh, man, it was a disaster. Oh. I remember the Did teacher's you, faces even now. It was like, mate, you were you're going to cop it. So the whole, but the funny thing is all the kids enjoyed it. They were like smiling. Yeah. You know, it was the worst concert in the history of concerts. It was the pits. But like you were that, in grade six. I was in grade six and the girls were singing out of tune because my guitar was out of tune, so they were singing like Christmas carols. Well, at it least they would, you know, at least they just mm. adjusted. <laughs> oh, they adjusted all right because they were all smiling at the front and it suddenly dawned on me, hey, this is pretty cool. The girls are smiling, right? Yeah. So the next day I actually right. got my first girlfriend. Oh, wow. And because thought, of the guitar. this is cool because of the guitar. It was out of <laughs> tune. It was the pit. It was terrible. It was the worst concert probably in the history of rock and roll and – here I am, and of course everything changed though, and because I couldn't play with my friends, she could play with her friends, and it's kind of this whole thing. And then that's when I wrote my first song. Actually, it was really weird. It was a song called Forever. Uh, okay, yep. And I was just we holding hands, and and I was kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to write you a song, you know? Yeah. And uh, I wrote this uh, pathetic song. And um, do you remember any of it? I do remember it had power chords. Yeah. Um, I remember it was kind of like uh, pretty basic, I could tell you that. And But anyway, one day she came up, she goes, I want to play with my friends. And I says, well, you know what, I want to play with my friends. And she says, after everything we've been through and everything like that, and it's like we're only together two days, right? <laughs> and, and, and it's kind of like and forever. It's kind of like it felt like forever. It's probably why I wrote that song. <laughs> and it was kind of this two-day thing. You know, that's so cute. and that what's I know, and that's what sparked me off. And um, I, I, I started. It was really weird. From then on, I started hearing these songs in my head. Yeah, and um, and nothing much has changed today. Actually, I, 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 I could hear the whole song in my head, but most of the stuff I was hearing in my head, I couldn't play yet. I love that so, so much. And oh. um, mm, so I couldn't play it. So I didn't my- wait till I was better. Mm. My uh, my kids had a talent competition yesterday for Christmas and my son submitted a, a movie that he directed and filmed with his little seven-year-old brother as the bad guy. And the kids cool. went nuts for it. And, like, I think he did a pretty good job, but, like, it was so cute. And then everyone's like, Eli, great film, great directing, blah, blah, blah. And I think, it like, he, he loves acting, he loves film. So I'm kind of hoping that it does give him that. Doesn't eat the girlfriend, though. But then last night at the dinner table, my seven-year-old said, oh, yeah, I've kissed a girl. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, in kindergarten and she moved countries. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, mate. (laughs) Steve, right there, kids are my inspiration, man. Oh, they're so cute. They inspire me more than anything to write songs. They do. Yeah. Because they make you laugh. They definitely do. I've always said if it makes you laugh, it's always good. Yep. And even jamming, when I used to jam, you know, because my brother's a drummer. Yeah. 
well, I call them dramas, but anyway, they, <laughs> they, um, we'd, we'd come across this tune we're just playing and you just laugh. Something just, it, when it's so good, it makes you laugh. And that's why kids are so funny, the things that they come up with. And I get so much inspiration from my eight-year-old daughter. It's unbelievable. She's so quirky. Yeah. She yeah, comes yeah. up with my a lot of my um, song titles. Yeah. Like I'd be working on a tune and she, you know how kids murmur their own words because uh-huh. they don't they know the words? Yeah, and yeah. sometimes they come up with the coolest things and you go, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, what? I says, what did you just say? And you say, that is so cool, you I know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. through the eyes of a child, man, and it's like uh, – it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Kids really inspire me, and I think becoming a dad was the turning point. For so, me how, to get how back old are your music. children now? Well, how many children do you have? I got an eight-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. She's my little baby. I got twin boys. They're sixteen. I got a nineteen-year-old daughter. Oh, you just keep so, going. Yeah, well, giving birth you know, to your own band. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. I didn't really encourage them into music, but they've got artistic talents of, like, mammoth proportions with art. Yeah. Well, my yeah. eight-year-old's, like, free freehand drawing 3D animals and just unbelievable, wow. yeah. like, with no no training. She just does it, you know, and that's I think incredible. this is this artistic thing. You I know. think it's beautiful. In this, I, I think in this day and age, you know, like, music, yeah, it's a tricky one. Uh, back in the day, I suppose it was different. Everybody just uh, it was different. Music was different, and now you have to be a businessman. You have to be yes. in control. Um, you try and tell you know kids now that you know. I don't imagine when I was sixteen, I would have told them to go get nicked as well. So I think it's uh, yep, it's all that. And now they've changed anyway. Kids have changed. You know, I took my little one fishing, and I remember the day we just throw everything in the bucket. You know, they take it home and mum's going like, you know, why did you bring this home? Yeah. You know, like these fish are not edible, you know, <laughs> but we just throw everything in there. And now, you know, I'm taking the fishing and we're fishing and she's catching all these fish. She's a natural and she's catching them all and she's going, oh, daddy, is it big enough? Is it daddy, is it big enough? Mm-hmm. I go, no, we've got to throw it back in. Oh, can we cook it? She'd never eat it, right? Yep. <laughs> She'd so never true. eat it. But, but yep, the yep, thing yep. is she goes, oh, can we take it home? And then two weeks down the track she cuts a massive one. And, of course, it was too big for her, so I put it in the bucket, baited up her lining, and I turned around, she's at the bucket. And I'm going, why is she at the bucket for one? And so I'm going up to the bucket and she's going, she's patting the fish, man. Oh. And she's going, we're friends now. Oh. You better not, better not eat goes, her friend. Goes, his name's Steve. <laughs> really Don't Steve name your fish. food. <laughs> well, that screwed it up. <laughs> she goes, I think. I think I'll keep it. I said, you can't keep it, darling, because it's going to die. And she goes, we'll get a big tank. And it's oh, like, no. so all of a sudden, here I am, we're taking a fish and all of a sudden she wants me to buy SeaWorld, right? No, I'm thinking that's no. not going to happen. Not going to yep. happen. She goes, well, we've got to let it. We've got to let it go. And she, we've let this fish go. And she's going, bye, Steve. <laughs> old geezer next to us that had been fishing for four hours, catching nothing. He couldn't believe it. He's shaking his head. And he just threw this packet of worms at Edison says, give those to Steve and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed, this little kid. It's what, <laughs> what's in his throat, this food? Steve. Feed that to Steve. Kids are changed, man. 
Oh man, that's, that's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was mid nineties. I actually decided that um, after copious amounts of alcohol and touring and heading what I felt was not me, not in the right direction. I wasn't staying true to myself. There's something was wrong. Something was missing. And then, um, cause it's really weird. Cause it's the first time in my life I've, I've grown up with music. I started when I was six years old and all of a sudden it was almost like a relief. <laughs> yeah. Maybe cause I had to practice and I had to do what I had to do, but it was a relief. It was like I got into business. So it was really strange. I went like 10 years and 12 years into business, 10 years. Yeah. And I had, um, I owned big corporations and stuff. And that would have been um, a big change for you. The only thing that didn't change was my hair. I always had long hair. Fair enough. <laughs> Which was really interesting working with you're corporates. You're on the Sunshine anyway. Coast, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing, you know, you're in Queensland. So it wasn't until my 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 daughter was born in 2004. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was just something that happened. It was just the way she looked at me when she was born was just unbelievable. And that just inspired me again. It's kind of like it just made me kind of realise who I was again. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, that right there, right, was, uh, was you know, really to me was a miracle, you know, before my eyes. And, and um, so it's almost like I had to stay true to myself and to her too. Mm. And to be who I am, and and um, and I, I started getting back into music. Then I got a studio, and I started just you know pottering around and still writing, but really not doing it. Yeah. And then um, it was uh, it really inspired me to get back into music. That's what it, that's what did it. So. And, and you said so that you weren't kids. really you were writing your own songs, but you weren't performing your own songs. You were just being a singer. What <laughs> yeah. what courage mm-hmm. and and what gave you the the courage to get out there and actually share your original music? My mum. How did she do that? Um, With the shoe or the clog well, or the slipper? No, or, or the I had at that time I was going through, um, yeah, uh, a tough time. Um, she was really sick um, and she'd been sick for quite a long time. She had a very rare thing happening where, you know, it was just a rare um, thing that she had, uh, medical condition and, and then she was in hospital at the time and she'd rung me and she says, well, I'm getting out of hospital. So, and she said, you know, it's about time you start, you did your music, you know, you know, like, you, and it just sparked the thing in my head. It's like, okay, it's probably the first time I ever listened to it really. Cause every time <laughs> she ever wanted to do, you know, yeah. and it's she said, time. you know, it's about time. Yeah, yeah. It was the, it just felt, oh, okay. All right. That's interesting. And um, and she says I'll be home tomorrow, and you know, come around on the weekend like she usually did, and cooked things for like a hundred people, and there's only five people coming, which is typical Italian, you know, like this quite you know, big, massive table full of food, yeah, and only five people turn up, yeah. But that's just the way it is. Um, and then I got a call the next day saying she 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 uh she passed away. Wow. And the last thing she said to me was, "It's about time you did your music." So I started writing and um, and that I wrote uh, a song called Heart of the Fall, 
And then um, the second song I wrote was Baby, actually. It's uh, even back then it was the first wow. kind of thing that I wrote. Yeah, yeah. And it turned out to be the first single, yeah. which is another story again. Um, and then I just sent a couple of, I, I just stumbled across this, uh, this funny guy on, uh, on, on Facebook and I didn't even know who he was, but he's just funny dude. I don't know whether I friended him or he friended me. Right. So um, he just randomly got connected. But somehow. he was in the music industry and it said, you know, Grammy award winning producer. And, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, this guy looks serious. I'll send him, you know, stuff, uh, over in Texas, see what he reckons. And yeah. And of course they said, oh, we've got 1,600 demos, rah, 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 send it through the thing, you know, that we'll go through and we'll get back to you, you know, before the year 2050, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gatekeeper, yep. Yeah, so one of the girls there heard it and apparently sent it straight to him and he's like text me straight away going, dude, man, this is really good. Yeah. You know? And I was yeah. just, well, it's just the beginning, you know, it's just the start. So I ended up in Texas and that's how it all started basically from that one phone call. Um, and then, in Austin the, you know, or to the, my mum. No, it was Dallas, Fort Worth. Yep. Um, in a little uh, log cabin he lived in that used to be owned by Willie Nelson. Wow. Um, and the studio was massive. I mean, Chuck Ebert, fantastic, unbelievable, massive studio. And like he's he's done everybody from the Dixie Chicks to, yeah. you know, um, to the Eagles and all sorts of stuff, you know, through the years and stuff. And we were like brothers. It turned out to be like a really good match and I, I recorded all my initial tracks there. Yeah. So I was going back and forth through um, COVID and I was like in a plane with only eight Jeez. people in the whole plane. Yeah, uh, that would have been permission to fly. No, it was like a spooky sci-fi movie and I was part what? of it. It was really so, weird. Like mm. what kind of – because I, I, I mean that would have presented so many challenges Right, like, yeah. and I feel like a lot of people would have been like, "I'll just wait till after COVID or whatever." So, what what was it for you? Like, why did you go like, "No, I'm going to do this," even when no one else is doing it? Oh, see, that was me. That was me when I was probably fourteen, sixteen. The fire. I always had this fire, you know, just to you know, I always had this vision and always believed in music. You know, I had this big picture. It's probably why yeah. I didn't ever listen to the teacher because I was daydreaming so much. Yeah. In fact, all my reports said I was daydreaming, so, you know. All my um, reports kept saying I'd sang too much, even in maths and English. <laughs> there you go. That's a good sign. <laughs> well, it is now. I was reading it, like, last year. Yeah. My parents brought up my re- mm. reports and, mm. and, like, I'm like, everyone knew that I was a singer except for me. <laughs> mm. I didn't go. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you're born to do it. You know, when yeah. you're born to do it. And, and it was the same fire when I got back into it. I just felt like because I've been in, away for so long and I lost myself and I, then I found myself again. And um, and with that phone call with my mother, um, yeah. it, it, it just it lit a fuse. It lit the fuse and it just exploded and it kind of like, you know, and all these songs that I've written over the years and all these ideas were in my head. Yeah. And I never sat down with the guitar and went, oh, okay, I'm going to write a song today and I'm just going to – no, it was all in my head. It was really weird. It's like a movie. And it, it, it was almost like I was 11 and 12, 13, 14 and doing that and seeing it and then I've gone back and it, it's happening again. Um, I love it. And this guy in Texas is going, man, how many songs you got? And yeah. I, I thought, well, I've got a lot. Um, yeah. And so we started recording and then, you know, it, the back and forth thing with uh, COVID got a little bit too hard. Yeah. In the end, it just it just um, with with the way the the government was doing it, 
um, yeah. and making it really difficult to do anything. So, um, yeah, ended up um, getting the tracks on the first track and um, and now working with Simon Cohen at Studios 301. Mm-hmm. And it was a match made in heaven, really. Um, it's the chemistry is unbelievable. Um, it's, tape, it's taken because all my stuff kind of got a 70s kind of vibe and then okay. he he takes that and and this is where the chemistry takes in. He, he puts that contemporary kind of thing and that's the thing about finding the right producer and it's so, so important. It's so rare. Still, try, I'm still trying to find the right producer. <laughs> so rare. You, you can just – and the way it happened is like, well, that didn't happen, so I'll go there. And, and the reason, you know, I went to this other producer and because he mm. said no, yeah, it led me to Simon Cohen. If he had said yes, it would have taken me down a completely different path. I don't wow. even know whether Baby would have sounded the way it did because I, I changed it Yeah, somewhat. When, it, when I heard the track and what it, it turned into, um, I actually changed it and turned it into more of an anthony thing, yeah. which, is, wow. is, which is what I do a lot. Um, and now it's almost like listening to a new song, you know. I love you know, that. When I hear it back. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a weird thing because I've written seven songs over the past three weeks and I've recorded uh, the whole seven demos. And, it, yeah, and it didn't song. dawn on people that I haven't got a guitar here. So oh, it's like, how did, well, they're all in the studio and I'm kind of like this. I'm riding in the morning. I'm going through the mountains and I've got this tune in my head. Yeah. I'm going, man, that's pretty cool. So I go straight into the into the studio and I create what's in my head. It's a really weird thing. It's a it's a strange way of writing. Sounds Even magical. Simon in Sydney goes, you know, like scratch, scratch, scratch. I think Bait Bark used to do it back in the day. Those 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 old musicians used to do that in their head, but yeah, um, that's how I did it. So it's yeah. So it 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 was just this void. It was like a recharge, really. Yeah, maybe. You know, and that just, you know, when it's your time, you see, I think a lot of people are in a hurry when with music that, that they think it's got to, got to do it now, got to do it, got to do it now, got to do it now. But if, if you're not happy, you're not going to produce good stuff. Amen. If you're not enjoying yourself, you know. All right. So what I wanted to ask you is a little bit about your experience now because it sounds like you've – really been grateful that you had parents who encouraged you mm. and you did it. There, there was a few questions I had. One was around, you know, because I relate heavily to singing in your bedroom but being too shy to sing in public or sing your own songs in public. Mm. What was it for you that was like you, you said your mum kind of encouraged you and it's like it's time to do music now but like your mm. music, what was that like finally sharing that with people? Uh, it's it's very like it was a, almost a spiritual emotional thing. It, it, it's um it's the first time really that I let go of of everything and just it's uh it's a weird thing. It, it's almost like she reminded me I had unfinished business. Yeah, you know um, what I was put on the planet to do. I mean, literally, the doctor come out. When I was born, because dads weren't allowed in there, yeah, and come out and said, uh, "I think uh, it's a well, it's a boy." <laughs> no, I think yeah. it's a boy. Definitely, it's a boy, and uh, <laughs> wasn't born with long hair. Um, 
fair enough. But, uh, yeah, but I think he's going to be a singer. And he says, why? And he says, because I've never heard such a loud scream in my whole life. <laughs> I don't know whether he hit me in the butt too hard or whether I was just naughty from the word go or what, but he's, um, it was this crackly. And even then, you know, like even when my mum heard songs and me singing, she used to cry because she used to say, oh, your voice is all crackly like it was when you were born, you know. She couldn't Aww. get past the first or second verse ever of any of my songs. So, uh, so I used to sing my songs to my mum because she she was like, um, and my little sister, yeah. Because she was, she didn't really care. So she said it was kind of like you know to play it to her. But yeah, to 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 see him come to life now, and some of these riffs like this new single as well that's coming up. We just finished the video, and it's um, yeah, it's a powerful tune. And even that, the riff on that, I remember writing when I was I was jamming with my brother when we were seventeen. And there that. was another song on there, which is a big song, which is probably the one after this one, um, which is probably the Maybe title track to the album, um, is another one which, uh, you know, the, the actual melody was created when I was 20. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like this book, this story, this diary. Yeah. Um, this is coming out suddenly now. come to life now. Yeah. And it's 2000. So someone said to me over uh, over in the States, they said, uh, I, 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 we don't get it. Okay, so you've you come up with this stuff that people were like, you know, big bands were producing and writing in the in the 80s, right, in the 70s and the 80s, but you've decided that you're going to do it now in, in 2023. It's really, really odd, you know, but it's quite amazing in itself. Fashion it's like, comes back around. Sorry, yeah, he said, dude, you're the last Mohican. <laughs> yeah, I, I love thought, it. Well, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, so it's um, bringing it to life with some amazing people and seeing it come to life is really the icing, a little cherry on top now. You know, it's be unfinished have, business. Have you ever done any collaborative co-writing or like outside of the, the, the studio? Do you co-write with anyone ever? No. no I mean, I've always been the singer where the, you know, the band – wrote the songs. I mean, I did have one band where it got close where I was actually playing a tune and the bass player coming and says, dude, what is that? Yeah. You're singing. And I says, oh, it's just a cover of some other one. And he goes, man, it sounds like Kiss. And I says, oh, no, it's just the cover. So I didn't really was want it? anybody to know. No, it was mine. It was, mine. Oh, it was one of my nice. tunes. But I was just playing it like uh, in between like rehearsals and stuff. I was just playing it. Um, yeah, and it's like I didn't know you played guitar. <laughs> you know, you sound like a really was, close band. Yeah. Oh, look, talking about bands, you know, we come from you know a place where you know we used to you know wait till everybody like everybody used to smoke cigarettes and and mm. we used to wait till the whole place was filled with smoke because couldn't afford a smoke machine. <laughs> the drum would peek around and go. The, peak, the drum would peek around and go. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's another ten smokes, another ten cigarettes, mate. We're there, you know. <laughs> and the place is filled with smoke, and we go up there and play. And you know the atmosphere of the smoke. And and now you've got places where you know you have to really walk three hundred meters before you're allowed to have a smoke. I don't know. It's bad for you, but the, the whole atmosphere of you know these places is kind of like really changed and. Um, yeah, spending more money on smoke machines now. 
spending a lot of money on smoke machines. Yeah, we eventually got one of them, but uh, yeah. we come from a place like uh, we, we, you know, we we went on tours where we were sent to places like three weeks too early. We had no place to sleep. We had no place, nothing to eat. Wow. And um, we had to catch the shark. We actually were real so drunk when we caught the shark. We carried the shark through the whole town, right? Yeah. And um, and the cook decided this American guy decided to cook it up for us for a week. And they're, they're nice. the sort of tours that we're doing. Oh, no, he's a cool yeah. dude, man. It was yeah, like, you know, cool. we're starving to death. You know, it's called the Starvation Tour. Actually, oh, yeah, okay. That, the the yeah. tour that no one wants to go on. <laughs> no, you know, like in the, the manager, Mr. 10%, always ended up with the money. But, yeah, you know, and then you come back and it's almost like living in another world now and you, it's, it's all computer, it's Spotify. I mean, you know, you've got 200,000 um, streams on Spotify and kids are going, wow, man. You know, that's yeah. a lot of streams. It's like, yeah, thanks, man. It's five packets of Twisties and a Hungry Jacks yeah. voucher, basically. It's you know. a starvation streaming service. <laughs> it hasn't changed, man. I mean, it's trying to make money, right, for musicians, yeah. you know, still. And, you know, um, I don't know when that's going to change with uh, with anything, but it's just become harder. Well, that um, power trip's been happening since the beginning of time. Powerful people making yeah. money from talented people. That's right, and, and they found yeah. new ways to do it, and and, yeah. um, and it's just the power of the organisations. But they're just jealous um, that they've got, haven't got the talent. I guess they have talent at making money out of talented people. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Billions of dollars, and then you know, like, uh, and yeah. you know, everybody's uh, paying ten dollars a month to listen to whatever they like. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, tickets are $300 and then people are saying, oh, no, why are they $300? Well, it's because you're not buying the album, right? Yeah. Right. So, so if you're a real fan you know, and you support the artist, you buy the tickets. Yeah, so it's from it's when I left it was different until now it's just different again and it's kind of um, it's not much time has, has passed but a lot a has changed. changed. And, a lot's changed. You know, a lot's changed. So, yeah. What... Uh, Let's say you could go back in time and you met yourself from whatever age period you want to meet yourself, your younger self. Mm-hmm. What would you, well, if you could give yourself one little piece of advice, something you know now that you wish you had have known a little bit earlier or you discovered along the way that you think, oh, man, if I knew that, things would be different. What, what do you think you'd say? It's better to follow your heart. I think I would, I would say follow the road that um, no one else is following. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, swim against the, the the stream. You know, all the fish are going one way; they want you to go that way. You know, in your heart, and you know it's the wrong way, and you know it's not mm. you, but you do it. Yeah, I would say that would be it. I would say no. I'm going that way. You know, I like um, that. yeah, and even now, you know, it's swimming against the current. You know, doing the music that I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, people are going, holy, That's what? Right. You know, yeah. this uh, new management that uh, I've got, they're going, you know, so, you know, when they first heard that in, I think it was, uh, we're number one on the charts in um, uh, Scotland. Yeah. And we didn't even know. It was a, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and this is the thing, you don't even know. You know, all unless on, someone you, know you don't know what's yeah. going on unless someone tells you. And then, you know, he heard it and they thought it was like, wow, is that Def Leppard? You know? <laughs> like, what is that? No, hang on, it's not definitely. And then that's how they found me. 
Wow. You know, they say, and, and so through Sony management now and, and, and they're saying, um, we need to chat. Oh, that's you know? nice. Yeah. And so we've now on the, you know, chapter two, which is kind of like uh, chapter one is where, you, as you know, you do all these things and you spend all this money and it's kind of going in the wrong direction, right? So he's found out. Oh, you've got nearly yes. 200,000. <laughs> yes. You know, you nearly got 200,000 strings and it's so amazing. But the most amazing thing is you're on the wrong playlist, dude. Yeah, right. Like, oh, what do you mean? He says you're on a rap playlist. And Who you put still you on got a rap playlist? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of like these things that you, you go into it and you go into it and they put you on these playlists and you see it grow and it's growing like, yeah. wow, you know, and you think you're on the right playlist but then you find out you're on a rap playlist and it's like, geez, if rap playlists are good, it'd be good once it gets on a real one, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, now we're re-resurrected, baby, and they've done a new launch of baby before the new one comes out in the new year. So, awesome. um When so, does the new um, one come out? Look, um, it's going to be announced early January for a okay. early February release. Um, okay. video, video's finished. We went as far, I mean, far as, uh, Charleville in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then the rest down the Gold Coast. It was quite amazing. But, uh, yeah, cool. It's, uh, it's and different. Are you going to be touring? Where can people see you pl- play live next? Um, well, that's the plan for 2024 is to finish the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've got three albums worth of stuff. Yeah, I'm just trying to get through, and I'm writing stuff all the time. Yeah. Um. So uh, it's funny because you mentioned country music. It always starts with a country tune, and it's always in my blood to start off with it. It's just all this country music, and then somewhere my metamorphosis into this rock tune. You know, that's all right. Um, Wherever it ends. Yeah, up. which is which is which is a really cool thing. You know, I think I go um, the other way. I think I write something kind of pop rocky and then it ends up country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the other way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool how that works, you know. Like it's um, you just got to – you don't think too too much. You just do it and um, and the best stuff comes out. So, yeah, 2024. 2024 is going to be um, the year um, I go on, on the road. Mm-hmm. I think it starts um, – my management's in the UK now, so I don't think it's going to okay. be in Oz. Right, um, okay. And that's another conversation Fair where, enough. you know, right. with with um, with our bands still. I reckon you know, they'd love you in the UK. Have, I was just there for have, six weeks and, yeah, mm, they'd love your music. And, and Ireland mm, maybe, you know. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, our biggest um, market at the moment, so with the latest uh, thing is uh, LA is the biggest. Um, yeah. Brazil, um, New York and, and uh, the UK, France. Brilliant. Didn't think France, but yeah, um, France is beautiful. So South American countries. It's yep. uh, it, it's it. I think, uh, but everybody that hears it goes, "Wow!" You know, like, "Oh, wow!" Like, I haven't heard anything like that for a long time, and a lot of people miss that style of music. Don't Seriously, I, mean, it's, it's, I love it. Yeah. It's, it is nostalgic, but it's also fresh. I think I, I think mm. there's a beautiful, like you said, that there's a modern twist to it, but. Mm. It, it's a fresh sound. It's not like I'm listening to something that my parents listened to or, you know, that I, I used to listen to, but mm. it has that nostalgic feel because it's got those vibes but it's still something mm. new and, and I think the ears still want that new thing. 
Hit the nail right on the head because that's the analogy that um, I was asked quite a number of times and the only way I can describe it is walking into a music shop and seeing an old road-worn guitar that looks vintage, classic, sounds vintage, classic, but it's new. It's brand new. Yeah. But it's brand new. Yeah, it's it's like that vibe, you know. Yeah, no, it's really Mm. good. Um, Mm. If you could co-write or collaborate with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, I'd probably want to collaborate with uh, my favourite guitar player, so it'd be probably Ace Frehley. Okay. I, I'm going and to c- confess I don't know who that is, so who is Kiss, that? Kiss, the guitar player, Kiss. the original, well, he's the original guitar player at Kiss. Okay. Um, I have to work on my and Kiss. I, and if it was someone outside of the box like that, it would probably be Don Henley. Okay. Um, from the Eagles. That would be something else because they influence me more than what people know. You always have your little okay. secrets, but it's uh, the Eagles are a big one for me. Yeah, I um, love mm, uh, It was a lot of songs that influenced um, me when I was a little dude. Well, we've, yeah, we've so shared was, a lot. Um, mm. Is there any – I think I've finished most of my official questions like around songwriting and – what, mm. what you're doing and where you're heading. Is there anything mm. else that, um, that you'd like to share with the audience before we finish up? Just that uh, it's, it's, um, it's a journey. You know, I think my, my biggest message is for young musicians mostly. My, you know, the fans, they're going to see it live next year and it's going to be awesome and it's just, just so humbling what's happening at the moment with the song and how everybody's loving it and stuff. But it's the next generation of rockers that I try to reach out to, the ones that, you know, sitting there going, you know, like, wow, you know, like how hard is it going to be or, you know. And I I reckon, you know, like just get down to that music shop, man, and just buy a guitar, get your mates, get in a drum kit. It, they're not expensive and just start a rock band. Annoy the neighbours like we used to annoy the neighbours, man. Like, you know, so shut up and you knew that yeah. it was nice and loud and it just pissed everybody off. But rock and roll <laughs> is not dead, man. You know, it's not dead. It's just uh, you just got to break that wall, you know, smash it down, man. And um, it's the next and if I can inspire, inspire the next generation to do that and say, no, music doesn't age. I think it's on the, on, on the comeback because my 11-year-old is, yeah. is learning electric. He got an electric guitar for Christmas last year and yeah. he loves ACDC. He also loves classical. So, like, I mean, but he, he you can yeah. see he loves it. He absolutely loves it. So given five yeah, to ten years. Yeah, think big and think bigger yeah. and follow your dreams, man, because it's, it's, um, it's, that's what you've got to do, you know. And a lot of even with motorcycling, and I met someone today that um, says, "Oh, I wish I rode a motorcycle. I've been wanting to ride for a long time, and you know it's really expensive. And you know the bike that I want is thirty five grand." I said, "Dude, Just you don't it. have to spend thirty five thousand dollars on a bike, man. You know you can get a cool one for three thousand dollars, man. You know, like yeah. you don't, you know, it's you don't have to like I had I seen a kid in the music shop, and you know he's looking at these two thousand dollars." guitars of his mum and it's like man did you know <laughs> there's a real cool one around there for 469 bucks and it looks cool and plays really cool you don't you can do it man you know you yeah. can go in there and you can you can play get music back on the map get rock and roll back on the map 
That's what we're going to do. And that's I why the it. Rolling Stones and the, you know, all this stuff, and everybody loves the Rolling Stones. Everybody still loves the Rolling Stones, young kids, because it's, the, it's just the missing link. Music doesn't age. It's the generational stations and radio and everything that tries to change it. But everybody that listens to 70s, 60s, 70s, 90s music absolutely loves it. Even when they're 7, 8, 10 years old, my 8-year-old absolutely loves it. All she listens to is old Bon Jovi from <laughs> the early 80s, like serious. Like she yeah. absolutely loves it and she finds it herself yeah. and she just loves that style of music. And and so bands like Kiss and and um, and those old bands, um, that music is an inspiration for people of this generation to follow it up and become and make it new. So I love it. Hopefully I can inspire some kids to cause trouble, man, to their neighbours. <laughs> this is not parent approved. <laughs> I'm not letting my kids listen to this episode. Not that they listen. They, they might listen yeah. to it one day when I'm like dead and gone. They'll be like, oh, mum did this podcast a few years ago. We should listen to it. Yeah, but get a good education. <laughs> I was telling the girls that uh, at the, I did this thing at um, the college and the girls are like, what? And I said, yeah, yeah, good. you need a good education now because you need a really good job because nowadays in the music industry, you're paying for everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. The you know, it doesn't matter if you get a deal. deal it's work. like, yeah, sign there. No, no, no. you got to find the producer. You have to pay for it. You have to learn how to um, manage yourself. You have to learn how to record. You have to, you have to do a lot of things now. But if you've got a really good job and you've got a lot of money, then you can do it. You can pay for it, but uh, but gone are the days where you, you know, you find you have a to pub. pay to be creative. Yeah, exactly. Or you need a patron. Patron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, everybody. Which is how they when did they it in the eighteen hundreds. You know. <laughs> well, everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're you have a, a lord or a lady somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dad, being an opera singer, always said that electricity like ruined music because back in the day, you know, before electricity come in, everybody was playing music to better themselves, you know, through right. the Bach and Beethoven days and, yes. you know, parents used to get people into music and but then electricity come in and, like, you know, they rock guitars and everybody wanted to be a rock star. That's true, you know, it's true. I don't think it was that quick but, yeah, okay, I, I get that. It's like it, it, there's always something ruining, ruining music as far as I've heard from different people in the industry over the – decades and decades of and centuries it's been around mm. there's always something that mm. comes in that changes things and as mm. a human race we hate change and so therefore mm. we get angry at it <laughs> but, yeah that's uh, true you got to mm. embrace change you got to love it and just move it otherwise you get left behind that is exactly right yes yeah no cool. true words spoken that is uh spot on mm. well thank you so much for coming on and i would love to um see you play live so i'm looking forward to seeing what comes out next year, and uh, mm. and yeah, wishing you all the best. I, th- I mean, you don't need any luck because you're doing amazing. So uh, yeah, I really appreciate. It. I'm really glad that we met at, at uh, Sounds Australia. Yeah, yeah well, uh, everybody meets for a reason, and it's um, and here we are today. Exactly. So um, hopefully, you know, we'll, uh, we'll do it again. And um, ha- thanks for having me on. No, oh, thanks, thanks for coming. Uh, inspiring on. little chat, actually. You know, muso to muso. <laughs> it's like pretty cool. You know, it is, isn't usually it? You get so asked, many ideas. Usually you get and... asked silly questions, man. I'm telling you, you know, have to find uh, out. You know, like I've had so many radio interviews, and you know, you have to try and find a creative way to answer the same silly question. 
and it's yeah. been and they're like five ten minutes. Yeah, like you know, one of those things yeah. where it's like, tell us about yeah, it's random what's, stuff, isn't it? Yeah. What's the Mario Payne story? Well, how long you got? Yeah, it's a song. That's right. Yeah, no, nah, it's been a pleasure. That's uh, thanks for having me on, Ray. It's been awesome. I will um, catch up soon. Next time you're on the Gold Coast, let me know. We'll have a coffee. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. And uh, I'll be listening to your stuff too. That, Thank um, you. Well, you as I find my cool producer, acoustic thing going evolving. on there. Oh, you'll find it. It just happens, you know, um, and that's where you know it, that's where you just continue to believe, and you know, yeah, yeah. it's going to happen, and it does. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to hear yeah. your new stuff as well, and uh, yeah, catch up soon. Merry yeah, Christmas. For sure. Yeah, Merry <laughs> Christmas. Right. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guests, please go to the website songwritertrists.com.